Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, August 24th. We're going to open the phone lines right now. The first hour is a free-for-all, so jump in and join us. We only have an hour, and then we'll head on into rolling toe. I have a little bit I want to talk about this morning, then we'll get to your call. So line them up, 855-950-3835. We'll get you in here. If you've got something on your mind, a question, a comment, a topic, jump in and join me. All right, so a uh, couple things. I The debate was kind of sort of interesting last night. I didn't watch it all. I tuned in a little bit, watched a couple things. Um, the little bit that I watched, uh, I'm probably more impressed with Vivek Ramaswamy um, than I was before. For a 38-year-old, you know, last night when he said he was born in 1985, I thought, oh, man, am I getting old. The presidential candidate was born after I graduated. Yeah, that, uh, that was a little shocking to hear that number, it, but it was pretty impressive. Now, I think the whole debate was kind of a debacle. Um, I don't even know really if we should debate. I think we need to come up with a new system. I, I don't know what it is. You would think with all the media we have and the access, everybody can you know, reach the internet, that, that we would be able to figure out a better way of doing this than these circuses we call debates. I, it was kind of a circus last night. Um, a lot of candidates, most have no shot at this whatsoever. Uh, and then there were some candidates that I thought should have been there. I thought they had a bigger name. I thought they had better poll numbers. They weren't there at all. They weren't allowed to be there. Uh, Trump wasn't there. Had he been, it would have been an even bigger circus. I can't even imagine what it may have looked like then. It was interesting, though, that the other candidates right from the start uh, targeted Ramaswamy and, and really kind of all went after him all night. That kind of tells you something. They're worried about him. Um, I don't think he has a chance. I don't know. Um, we'll see. But I really don't want to talk a lot about the debate or politics. But, I, well, I do want to talk about debate. Because, like I said, I, I just don't know that this format and the way we debate is effective. And then I think the same thing about interactions on social media. Um, in the last week, um, my spaces have gotten... The, the trucking space is not the health space, but the trucking space has gotten pretty contentious. There's been a lot of debating or arguing or, um, and I have said this before, I wish we could figure out a better way, a more effective way of doing this. I'm just not sure what that is. I haven't, you know, put a lot of thought into it other than what we do now doesn't work. Uh, and, we, you know, I've got a space today and it was kind of going to be a continuation from the pop-up space I did on Monday. And I did the space on Monday because of this debate. And then after the debate last week, what got posted all weekend, I did the space on Monday to address that. After that, the post got even more bizarre. And I, you know, most of this debate is happening with this new owner-operator association, the North American Owner-Operator Association. Almost all of it is. And, you know, we're at the point where this is no longer effective at all. Now, here's the thing. When I debate, I really 
don't think or put any effort into convincing the person I'm debating. That's not the point. I think a lot of people think that's the point because I get emails all the time. Why do you waste time debating with these guys? You're never going to change their mind. I know. That's not my point. That's not my goal. For me, I believe good debate is to educate everybody else, not the debaters. It's a format that allows you or me or anybody who's debating to get their points across on lots of different issues. And if we do it right, and I again, I, I don't believe we do it very well now, always thinking of or looking for better ways of doing this, because I do think it's a great way to learn. For people who might not be familiar with an issue and all the ins and outs and the nuances, to listen to people debate it, I believe is a really good learning tool when it's done properly. But we have just become, we're just screaming at each other. Even if we don't scream, we're, we're, we're talking past each other many times. I believe that the, the couple of spaces we've had and debated some of these issues about collusion and broker transparency and some of the other issues, I, I think they've been good information. I've got a lot of feedback from people that said so. They really liked it. I don't think I'm going to continue it today. In fact, with this group, I, I just doubt that I'm going to continue it much at all. At some point, you can also look at this and say, yeah, well, maybe it was going okay. But so what happened was the, this idea of collusion. Let's just talk about this for a second. And this, this, I guess we'll talk about it on the space, but I don't want to directly engage um, with some of the people that I've been engaging with, N- not after what I've seen, where they've gone with this. So I don't think a lot of people understand what collusion means. It, it's price fixing. Let's, uh, let me try to think of an example. Um, let's say here, since I'm in such a small town, um, there was a company here that wanted to ship something and they can, it, it's got to go right now so they can only use whatever trucks are right here in town. And there's only three of us, and we know that they've got to get this shipment out. This is the opposite of the example I used to describe how supply and demand works. This this would be the you know this would be anti-business if this were to happen, and and that's why it's illegal. It's anti-competitive. But let's say the three of us with trucks in town know this, and we get together and say, "Hey, look, we're." Uh, Let's just agree that we're not going to move this till it gets to $4 a mile. We're, we're just going to sit here. That is illegal. Two businesses cannot get together and talk about a price and try to set the price. Now, in a free market, it wouldn't work anyway. Because if you only have two of the players trying to do this, all it takes is one other player to say, no, I'm not playing that game. I'm just going to charge what I always charge, what I know I need to charge to get a profit. That's it. So that's why collusion, even with three players, just three, collusion would fall apart because it only takes one to say, well, okay, you idiots sit over there and say, I'm not moving till it's $4 a mile. Does that sound familiar? But it never, ever works and it can't work. Even if we bring it down to the smallest example, three people 
who know they are the only three players that can do this. And one of, I would be the one of them, I promise you. I would be the one to say, screw you guys. Go sit over there and wait for your $4 a mile, which is illegal, by the way, but I don't even care about that. It's just stupid business. You're not providing value to your customer. You're trying to rip your customer off. So, yes, I would be the one in that three that said, oh, hell no. Here's my price to do this job based on the amount of money I need to make a profit. If everybody runs their business that way, free markets work really well. So now, if we can't make this work with three players, how do you make it work in a market with tens of thousands of players? And they're all moving around all day long. It's impossible to collude and price fix in the trucking industry. It just can't happen. But they are totally convinced that it is absolutely happening. And they've gone off the deep end with their theories. Here's the latest. This, this is why I think it's time to just say, okay, if we're going to debate this, we need to find somebody else to debate it with. Because now they believe that not only are brokers colluding and big carriers too. They've thrown big carriers into this and big brokers. They are all colluding to keep prices low. I don't really get that. Why are, why would they, but that's their belief that they're trying to keep prices low to the owner operator. Wait a minute. They're in this business too. They don't make money from low rates. They need high rates to make money. This whole thing is so ridiculous, but it got more ridiculous or because now the, the, the one of the posts this week actually said, and that I'm paraphrasing here, but you'll get the idea. I'm not looking at the quote right now. And that Kevin Rutherford is being paid by freight waves to save them, to convince all of his followers, his owner operator tribe, that freight waves is really putting out good data, but they're not. They're part of this collusion with the brokers and, and the big carriers. We, I am. I am now colluding with FreightWaves. So FreightWaves is colluding with these big carriers and big brokers, according to this group. FreightWaves is colluding with them and publishing data that with one purpose, to make owner-operators believe that the rates are really lower than they are. This gets so bizarre, and now I'm involved because they believe that FreightWaves is paying me to convince you that this isn't some big conspiracy. How bizarre. How do you even think this way? And at that point, that, that really seems to be the point that uh, is there any real value in debating this with people who think that way or believe that that would even be possible? Now, you know, I find it, I hate to even use this word because I really don't get offended, but I find it offensive that you would make a remark about like that about a person, me, that, that I'm taking money. There's zero evidence of this and it wouldn't ever work anyway. I'm taking money from freight waves 
to convince you that FreightWaves is putting out good data when they're really not. They're colluding with the big brokers and the mega carriers to keep the prices down. I don't even know how to, if somebody really thinks that way, I don't know how to debate them. And I don't think there's any point in it. But that's kind of where we are on this now. So uh, we'll just do our space later today on on uh, fate or on Twitter and or X or whatever the hell we're calling it now. And, and we can continue to talk about these topics. But at some point, I think... There's just no point debating some people. I mean, I I don't even know how you get to this. Now, as far as that issue of me taking money from anybody, most people that listen to this show know I am completely transparent about that. If you want to know if a company or an organization is paying me, just ask. I'll tell you. I'll be honest. I always have been. Yes, I get paid by companies. Lots of them. I have lots of partnerships. I have over the years. I'll continue to do that. I form those partnerships because it brings value to our tribe. And do I get paid for it? Yes, I should. That's part of our business model. It's one of the ways we generate revenue. And I've always been very transparent about that. If you want to know if a company has ever paid me, I'll tell you historically, I have nothing to hide on that. There are lots of partnerships that, that have, I've formed over the years that no money changes hands as well that it's just a partnership of resources and ideas and just a good, you know, just a good partnership to bring value somewhere. It doesn't mean that money has to change hands, but there are companies that absolutely pay me for what we do. And then there are special projects sometimes that we get paid to do, but all you have to do is ask this, this, you know, accusing me of, of taking money to say things just because somebody is paying me. Now, that's something else I'll clear up. People say, oh, well, you said that because they pay you. No, let me just turn it around a little bit. Somebody's going to say, oh, you're just playing semantics and playing with work. No, I'm not. You know, this this is a lot like when I, I say do the hard work is very, very different from working hard. All we did was turn the words around. Totally different meaning. The same thing here. I do not say things because people pay me to say them. People pay me because of the things I say. It sounds like we just, you know, twisted a few words there, but we didn't. It's a totally different meaning. I have always gotten on the air, gotten on stage, wherever. I say what I want to say. I say what I believe brings value to people. For the most part, most of the money this company earns, it earns because I've said something. That's kind of what we do. We provide information and content and advice. I say what I want to say. Companies sometimes decide to pay me because they like what I say. I never say something because I got paid to say it. And if you believe that, then come and ask me. Don't post something saying that I take money that I've never taken. So I'll be clear. I have never received a penny from FreightWaves. Not a penny. I did actually have a kind of an arrangement with them for a very short period of time. Um, when FreightWaves was really kind of getting going five, six years ago, whatever it was, I was pretty impressed. 
I liked what they were doing. I offered to write a column for them. And I don't, I don't like to write. I've said that a lot. But I, I thought, you know, they're, 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 they've got a big reach. I'll write a column. And I wrote the first column. And a week later is when Sirius came to me to offer me the new time slot. And when I took the new time slot and I looked at my schedule, I said, you know what? I really don't have time to write now. So I, I, and I felt horrible that, that I had to kind of back out of that one. Uh, but I just, I just knew it wasn't going to work at that time. That's the only thing I've ever done with Freight Waves and no money changed hands. Would I work with Freight Waves and take money? If they asked, if they wanted me to come speak somewhere, whatever it might be, sure, it would be a possibility. Uh, in fact, Craig Fuller showed up on, on our space the other day, the CEO of Freight Waves. Um, so, uh, like I said, I, I think debate can be a really, really powerful tool for teaching. I just think we've got to find better ways to do it. Uh, and we seem to be getting worse at it all the time instead of better. Uh, let's see. Holy cow, do we have phone call? My God, I better get to the phones here. We should probably just, oh. They already did it for me. Thank you for turning off the phone lines because uh, I better get through these here. Let's go to Florida. Paul, welcome. Howdy. Um, I spent some I spent some money with you there last week, and I don't care how much you made off me. I'm happy with the price I paid. I don't care if you made $100 or 250 I don't give a shit. I, uh, that, <laughs> that seems to me the way business should work. You look at a deal. Does this deal yeah. provide value to me? And if so, uh, sure, I'll pay for it. And if it doesn't, well, then why would you? But why does it need to be any more than that? Yeah. So, oh, hey, um, wait, wait. I want to go back to something. I'm sorry. Well, I got so wrapped up in my whole debate thing that I forgot what the point of all of that was. So here's the point. Um, I posted something this morning. One of the issues that, that this group, again, this owner-operator associates, and a lot of people in the industry, Owida, a lot of people have fought and asked the government to fix detention time, right? How many times have we heard this? Yeah, too many. They, they want the government that, to fix detention time, yeah. right? Well, here's what, here's what yeah. I just found out. The government wants to do a new study to find out whether or not detention time holding drivers up at the dock affects safety. Let me save them some money. Of course it does. How could it not? Yeah. How could it yeah. not like, affect oh, I safety? I've got to run as fast as... <laughs> Yeah, I gotta run as fast as I can to get where I gotta be, yeah. and I've been sitting here for six hours, twiddling my I, thumbs, wasted. I'd log sleep a bit, but I didn't sleep. Yeah. You you just summed it up. Let's put a little common sense to this. You you take a driver yeah. who is limited on how much time he can work, and he's paid by the mile. And and if you hold him up for twenty yeah. minutes. It could have an effect on safety. It affects his attitude. It affects his time, his sleep. Of course, it affects safety. We don't need a damn study to figure this out. So let's say the study's already been done and we figure out, duh, it does affect safety. Okay, now what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what are you going to do? There's a, million, there's a million shippers in this country. How do you enforce that they get held up at the dock? Yeah. Yeah, but, who's gonna but this it? gets worse. Oh, let me Did, call wait, the wait, sheriff. Paul, He'll come wait, do it. Yeah. wait, this gets worse. I'm reading this article about this study they want to do, which is ridiculous. 
They already did it. They did it in 2014. And now they come back and say, oops, the data wasn't good enough. We need to do it again. Well, yeah. wait a minute. So we Why didn't you tell here. us in 2014 that the data wasn't good enough? And then just finish the study then. If you're doing a study and you, you realize, well, wait a minute, we designed the study wrong. We didn't get the right data. You wait a decade and do nothing. You probably didn't even look at the study. Now somebody said, oh, hey, we, yeah. we did this study at 10 years ago and it sucked. And we're just now getting to yeah. it. And, oh, look, we need to spend some more of your money and go do another study. This is yeah, such a clear <laughs> example of why we should never look to the government to solve our problems. That's not their job. It yeah, was never that. meant to be their job. Yep. So, uh, I, you know, I went, on Tuesday, I went up to from Florida. I stopped at Baldwin, Florida, pump fuel, because that's where it was cheapest. And then I went up to Gainesville, Georgia, picked up my new trailer, came back down, went to bed in Georgia, then came back down to Baldwin, Florida, and refueled yesterday, and I hit the jackpot. I got 7.77 miles to the gallon. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. For oh, nearly, it was uh, nearly 800 miles. So, but I'll, I'll remind people my, that, my that, truck alone. that might not know. You're a car hauler, a full car hauler, where the average fuel mileage is yeah. about four and a half. Yeah. So my truck alone, when I went up, I weigh about 26,000. And then my empty weight with a new trailer, I don't know exactly what it is. I haven't weighed it yet. <laughs> but I'd be 44,500. So I'm still heavier than some guys that run around in a van trailer with 5,000 pounds on the deck. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, but while it, so when I pull up at the fuel island, yeah, I'd insert card and get everything set up and get, and then I see this truck that's in the next fuel island over, and the, the name on the door is Tony, and then uh, it's a, oh, it's a five seventy nine, and I know a Tony that calls, and you know how you get a mental <laughs> yeah, picture right. of people when yeah. they call, yeah, and, and uh, so I, I I look at this guy and it's like a five seventy nine Pete, yeah, that's what he's got, and I could hear that it was a Packard engine, and so yeah, that's what he's got, yeah. <laughs> So I walk around and I tap on the window and he don't he looks around but he don't see me. He looks out the other side. Then he hops up and he goes to the sleeper. Well then then I tap on the window I climb up on the step and I tap on the window and he puts the window down. He's like, Sir, you need to step off my truck right away and I said, Are you Tony I hate brokers dot com? And he's like and the whole he, his head went back and he looks at me and he's like Paul, oh, let me get out and shake your hand. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I can't believe you figured funny, that out. He really he. I get a mental. I get a mental picture of people when I hear them talk, and he I, fit. The, I do too, I knew, but I'm almost always tennis. wrong. Yeah, well, I, I apart from his hair or lack of it, I, I, I was pretty much spot on because I, I knew he played tennis, so it's like so he's wow. probably kind of lean and he's probably suntanned and the only thing that i had wrong was his lack of hair but look look at you you're like you're like i was a hundred percent sure you're like sherlock holmes here uh, listen i i I can hear that is a pack car engine look at you that's hilarious i love that yeah so so then we probably talked for 20 minutes or so and so he was the first to see my new trailer in person nice so um then i I came over here to this shop that I'm at that's going to put some extras on it. Well, 
they have a it was a race car hauler, but it says uh, antique or antique sports car club or something. So this is a 1999 T2000, and I'm looking at it. It's like, oh, this thing's mint. And the trailer is painted to max, race car trailer. And it's like, boy, this thing's mint. And it's like, boy, I bet this is low mileage. And then the guy that's working on it, I said, is this your truck? He said, nah, the guy I work for, he owns it. So they're gutting the inside of the trailer and upgrading it and everything. I said, man, this thing would get good money. And he said, oh, he paid good money for it. So this 1999 T2000 with 40,000 miles on it, a C15 Caterpillar, and this race car trailer, and it's been in storage since 2009. Wow. Out in California, and he paid 250 grand for it. But this T2000 <laughs> is mint. <laughs> Yeah, but the guy's got. Oh, the, man. He, he's uh, he's in the he's into the the boat racing. You know the, yeah, the big yeah. jet boats. Well, he uh, that, he showed me a video. He crashed one of his boats up there in Lake Michigan on the weekend. It it, it hit a rogue wave and it went airborne and, and it nose dived and Oof. it broke up. And yeah. sunk. So, but yeah, they're doing 140 mile an hour something. Yeah, so right. All right, got to move along. That's all I got. Good calls are piling up on us today, and we're limited on time. Everybody wants to talk. It's a good thing. Let's go to Texas. Mark, welcome. What is this? We're starting off the show with two car haulers today. I know. I've got supposed to have four e cars on here, but I've only got two, three because I couldn't find one at the rail yard last night. it probably so, caught on fire. And on a side note, I well, I, well, that's a question for my insurance company. <laughs> I need to ask what happens if one of these things caught, catches on fire on board. Yeah. But on a side note, before I get to two point quick points, one I just thought of, but uh, I've talked to three different dealers, auto manufacturers, and these e cars are not moving. No, they're not. And they keep piling them into the dealerships, and and they're just collecting dust. And this is. Three different separate manufacturers in three separate areas. Uh, yeah, in the I, I, it, south it, southwest region. We, so. we shouldn't be surprised. There's there's several obvious reasons. Um, we're all, all the talk is inflation, recession. Everybody's worried about the economy. That's not a time to try to expel it to sell an expensive, untested technology. And, and, and then and, and these are these are fifty thousand oh, dollars here, right? Right, it's insane. So I, I'm not sh- surprised at all that they're not selling. Well, they're going. These these three are going to Lafayette, Louisiana. I mean, who in Lafayette, Louisiana is going to want one of these things? I mean, but they're piling them in. I was supposed to have four, got three. You know, so, one of the things that that was interesting. Uh, I talked about this over the years. Tesla was actually the best selling car in the most expensive zip codes in the country, or, or we could say the richest zip codes in the country. The people that bought Teslas had money to burn. That, that, that is their, that, yeah. their market was people that nobody was buying a Tesla to save money on gas. They were buying a Tesla because they wanted a Tesla and they had the money to pay for it. Nobody looks at these stupid electric cars and says, I'm going to buy a $50,000 car so I can save money on gas. If you really wanted to save money, just go buy a $20,000 car instead. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of little, you know, Toyota's got a three-cylinder right now. They're pushing with (laughs) the GR Corolla. It's a three-cylinder, 300 horsepower. So, yeah. so yesterday you were before I get to the other main point I told Angie about 
so yesterday you were talking about, you know, how you had that, uh, I forget the name, you had this fat pouch, uh, this um, nut butter that yeah. got bought out F-bomb. and you can't get it anymore. Yeah, F-bomb. Well, there's a guy on Twitter that I follow and he's my mountain climbing coach. I call him that, Vinny Tortorich. He's got a product. You said you were looking for something like that. He used to push F-bomb they changed and he invented his own product and i think that you would probably be pleasantly surprised that it's something you might be looking for it's called ultra fat it's in the same type of pouch it's made in southern california he's in virginia now but it's called ultra fat and it's uh, a very clean nut butter based with coconut oil in it it's oh, really yeah. good and yeah i'll go I've, look at that I've, I've bought it before and I think that you all could uh, form a nice little uh, business relationship because he's great, and y'all should get on each other's shows and podcasts. Yeah, we'll uh, do. I'll look into that. Anyway, uh, yeah, so the, the point I was calling about, and you were talking about rates and this, that, and the other out here, and it, it gets back to the one of the things that I think these people, in, and it's in politics they're looking for, is they're looking for somebody to save them. They're looking in the... These people to get out, get out here and over their heads, uh, not knowing what they're doing, uh, for just not following a good process, and and they're worried about the rates. It's like they've got this mentality, and so do the people in politics that they're out there, uh, not in politics, but these people that support certain politicians. They're looking for somebody to save them, which is not going to happen. The no. government's not going to save you, whether it's going to be in w- one politic or the other, and. and the one thing that I've learned, I was sitting in Paris, France with a friend of mine. Uh, we we're over for Jimmy Buffett, and he's a, he's retired now, but he was a captain for a, a 747 freighter. And he was like, big union guy, great guy. But he was like, well, we take a, lo- a load to Germany. And then when we leave Germany, he goes, I don't know why, but they fly us empty all the way to China to pick up a load. And that's kind of what we do right now in the auto hauling industry with new cars. I'm taking this load to Lafayette, but I'll go to Montgomery and pick up a load and go to the Valley. Because when it all averages out, I get way above what anybody else is getting out here. Right. And and that's the way that people look at rates. And, and when you look at the big picture, sometimes you have to go and burn that extra. You just can't go to one location and sometimes you have to take less to get to a location but when you average it all out i just and i used to not think like this i didn't until i actually learned and and looked at the numbers and you kept talking all miles all miles all miles well sometimes you got to take a hit i mean i couldn't find one of my vehicles last night so i took a bigger hit and this isn't the greatest rate in the world lafayette is lafayette's my limit i i'll halt i'll start that's the that's the closest i'll haul out going east because it just it gets to that it, after before that it just it's almost like doing a city load back in Houston. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense, but it's still low. But then it's still I did a lot last year. It didn't affect my overall performance during the year. It didn't affect it one bit. Right. It's the fact that you're being consistent with what you do, consistently hitting your marks, whether it's low or high. In the end, the average works out. And some of these people do not understand the fact that. Like to get out of Florida with freight, you've got to take a lower rate. I'll haul empty. Well, I'll tell you what, a little bit of something makes the average a whole lot better than a goose egg. It's the power you of addition. But they don't understand that, and then they think they want the government to save them, just yeah, like let, the people that, that look at all these politicians. Let, let's think about that. Let, let's compare small business 
my small business, we'll use mine, in government. So I guess sometime back in 2014 or prior to that, somebody identified a problem. Our truck drivers are being held up at docks. Most of the focus back then was pay. I, I get that. They're not getting paid for this time. So they, they decide to go to the government, I guess. OIDA lobbied the government hard on this one. OIDA wanted regulations on detention time. And I said, that's insane. It, they're an association that is supposed to be representing independent contractors and drivers, not employees. I th that's what I always thought anyway. That's their name. And hell no, I don't want you trying to regulate my customers. That's what you're doing. Those shippers might be my customers. Maybe I go to them direct. And, and you're going to try to get more regulation on them? Hell no. I'll figure that out myself. If my customers are holding me up and not paying me, I'll solve that problem myself. Well, like the government decides to spend Kevin? a whole bunch of money on it. A decade later, they come back to us and say, oops, our study sucked. Now we have to do another one, and we've done nothing on this issue for 10 years, nine. Now, I tried to think through some of the things we do that, that maybe could compare to this, that, that our big projects kind of take a little bit of time. And I thought, oh, I've got one right now. Stress protocol I've been working on for three years. Well, could I have done it faster? Yeah, if I had a whole bunch of everybody else's money to do it with, I could have done it a whole lot faster. But I had to do it out of our profits. I had to take our profits and reinvest them back into this. And so it, here I am three years into this. So you could say, well, see, Kevin, you, three years, you haven't done anything. Well, actually, I have. Three years ago, I was already giving people some ideas on what worked. Try this. See how it works. Try this. I worked on this. And hey, there's the difference. I, I can't spend a bunch of money on research and then wait 10 years and say, oops, that didn't work. Kevin, guess which industry has always, at least since I've been around, paid detention time? Always, like clockwork. It's what I broke into, the chemical hauling. Really? They've always, they called it the merge. You going? Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, when I started back in the yeah, I started back in ninety uh, ninety six or whatever. I started hauling chemicals, and you go into these plants and you get held up. And it's like some companies would just out of the goodness of their heart make you give up an hour, but they would in their contracts they would start charging these chemical companies after two hours. They called it the merge, which is so, a term you're probably familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so, so somebody they would pay the drivers, this, you mean. and it would. It's been like that in the chemical industry ever since but, I've been around, well, but well, nobody so, ever talks about that. So why, when the government did the study, and maybe they did, but I kind of doubt it, why didn't the government go to a group that already solved this and said, how did you solve this? That Nobody ever talks about that. I brought it up. It goes right over people's head. The chemical industry's paid it forever ever since Jeez. I've been around. It's like... You know, the, the, the good companies, I mean, granted, it wasn't a whole lot, but it was $10 an hour back then. But uh, some companies well, I, would make the driver give up two well, hours. Anything's and better than nothing. Hour, but they would always charge them. And they always did this. And I mean, the worst thing you waited for in a chemical, hauling chemicals was you're waiting on a lab analysis. Well, most of the time, your appointments, you go in there because they can only fill through one spout. You go in there, you get loaded. And then they take a park over there, and you're going to wait for the lab. And the lab might take five minutes. The lab might take three hours because the, the guy right. running the lab, he don't give a crap about what's going on out there. He's just got samples. He's running samples. So, But that's been like that in the chemical industry 
Uh, Ever since I've been so, around, it was before I, that. I, I, but I just don't understand why people, you know. I'd love to know if the government even bothered to go look for groups or segments in the industry to find out if somebody had solved it and actually studied that. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Uh, I'm going to move along. we got a lot of calls to get to today. Let's go to Alabama. Foster, welcome to the program. How you doing, Kevin? This is Teddy. Hey, what's on your mind Teddy today? Foster. I was the one that called in seven days ago, yep. and I told you I'd call you back after eating uh, all animal products. So how'd it go? So uh, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> so uh, I ate nothing but eggs and bacon, connect a sausage. Woke up uh, from the time I hung up with you till Sunday morning. Woke up Sunday morning at 6 o'clock, uh, just bad. I, I mean, for an hour and a half. I don't know if I was having withdrawals, carbohydrates, and sugars. but What kind of my symptoms? stomach was like, I, I sat on the toilet for an hour and a half, and I thought I was okay, going to go to the emergency room because it felt like acid was coming out of my yeah, let me let me um, let me address that. It's not a withdrawal. I mean, there there are actually kind of withdrawals and cravings for carbohydrates and all that. We know that, but that's not what you're experiencing here. What you're experiencing here is your body is trying to adjust to that high fat. This, this is you you. I mean, we could do a slightly lower fat. You know, carnivore. We look for a little more lean protein. I like a lot of fat. I do really well with fat, but. I had to go through that too. It took me almost, I don't want to scare you. I think I was a weird example on this, but to get my fat digestion right took me a couple of years, but I made big improvements on it right in the beginning. It, but to really dial it in took me a couple of years. So um, this is fairly common to see in that first week, maybe two, some, some digestive issues. And if you've listened to the show, um, you, you probably heard us talk about digestion over and over and over. I think we have five different digestive kits in the store. When you radically change what you eat, your digestion is the first system that has to adjust. Yes. It, it, it felt like somebody had my guts and was twisting them for like three days. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, it, 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 was, it was pretty bad. So I tried to, I had to go to a chiropractor Tuesday. And I didn't realize it. I was trying to call in Tuesday about 11.15. So I called in and then told him, hey, this is Foster. I was supposed to call Thursday, but I really need to talk to Kevin. He hung up on me. <laughs> they hung up on me three times. And I realized, oh, that's the wrong hour that I was supposed to call in. So, uh, oh, got but it. Okay. After, after Tuesday evening, about 8 o'clock, uh, so I, I was hurting so bad. And I, and I did mess up. One time I ate some green beans so that uh, I didn't know what else to do. No, that's not a big deal. You know, when we when I say, you know, eat so, all animal products for seven days or 30 days or whatever, I, uh, something other than an animal product here or there is just not a big deal. I mean, we don't get crazy about that. Right. Well, I remember you said don't eat nothing from a plant. And that, yeah. I, it, so and, that's, that's well, yeah. It, we all do a little bit. I, like, really, honestly, people who say they eat carnivore, if they drink coffee, they lied. Coffee comes from a plant. I mean, almost nobody eats a true 100% carnivore diet. But but the closer we get, the, so, you know, we, we shoot for that, but everybody's going to have some other foods in their diet, and that's all right. It's not a big deal. 
I've got to tell you today, I, I, I didn't know, but, uh, I didn't know if I was supposed to take my medicine or not, uh, Synthroid and Prolisec while doing this. Um, Oh, uh, oh no, this let, morning. Let, let, let me address that real quick. The Synthroid, yes, for now. The goal will be to get you off that eventually, and it shouldn't be hard. Synthroid is a, a thyroid hormone. Um, the Prilosec, right. we do have to get you off of that because you are eating pure protein for the most part, protein and fat. Protein is really hard to digest and takes a very strong stomach acid to do it. And Prilosec turns off your stomach acid pumps. So you will have, now I'm not surprised that you had a major um, digestive issue. How long have you been on Prilosec? Uh, probably 10 years. Did you ever read the label or the uh, the information uh, in the insert? No. No, sir. I, I really never have, to yeah. be honest. Go, nobody uh, the does. Put nobody, me on it and I just, nobody does, including the doctors. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's still in there. <laughs> I think the recommended length of time to use Prilosec is like 30 days. Oh, wow. It may be 14. Wow. Well, my, I get mine from the doctor instead oh, of over the counter. Doesn't matter. It, 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 we we know that we know that turning off those acid pumps is a really really bad idea for your health. So when these drugs were developed, they were developed for short term use, and it's right oh, wow. in the information. And I've had to deal with people that have been on these drugs for thirty years. Wow, I, I've got to admit. Uh, I've never felt this good or had this Excellent. much energy. And I just turned 49 yesterday. That's exactly uh, what. Now, think about this. Probably 20 think years. Think about this. In all the time, all these years you've been dealing with doctors, have doctors ever given you any advice or done anything that made this much of a change in just seven days? Uh, no. All they say is, here, take this. It'll help you. And you get worse. <laughs> You just keep exactly. getting worse year after year. Yeah, and, and all it comes down to is just what we eat. It's just so hard to convince people that, that this this can be this much of a change this fast. Right. Well, we, I originally called in was asking about the cholesterol, you right. know, and uh, you were telling me to do this seven-day diet. Uh, you asked me what medicine I was on, and I told you. Now, I am taking a multivitamin that I did not it. Uh, it the other day, it's, and I didn't think about it, but it's it, the Ultra Preventive X it, it, it's from not, Douglas Laboratories. It, it's not hurting anything except your wallet. It, it's just not worth it. it, it's, oh. it they just don't do much. Um, I'm not saying oh. that you don't need some of the nutrition that's in there. You do. But you don't need all of the stuff they try to cram in there, and they don't put enough of anything in there to do anything. And we don't know what the quality of each supplement in there is. So it's not that we don't believe in supplements. We do. But we believe in very targeted supplements and the right form and the right quality. And we're, we don't even know exactly what you need yet. Now, after that seven days, um, if we were to do a discovery call or a one-on-one -on -one with you, we could figure out pretty quickly you need some digestive support, and, and we might put you on a couple supplements. But just, just throw that multi away. It's not doing anything for you. Okay. 
You know, in the beginning, a lot of times we tell people, look, it's almost better to do this for a week or two or even 30 days with no supplements. And it might be a little uncomfortable. I know there are some supplements I could recommend that would do you some good. Vitamin D, light balance. But I don't even need to do that for 30 days. You know, eat this way just like you did for seven days. Try to do it for another seven. And after that, try to do it for another seven. And you know what? If, if on some day you say, boy, that salad looks really good, then eat a salad. It's not that big of a deal. But the more animal foods okay. we eat, the healthier we seem to be. Now, I'm at a point in, in my life and health that I eat a lot of plant food. I have a huge garden. Why wouldn't I? I like it. I, I've learned which vegetables work for me really well, which ones don't cause problems. And, and I eat them and I really enjoy it. So, but I also know um, I've got a big event coming up. Um, the, the NASTIC conference, keynote speech, a couple other breakouts I got to do, a lot of travel. That's a big deal. Uh, starting probably when we leave, I will really start shifting to even heavier carnivore and keto, like a high fat carnivore for me, um, because I perform really well. My energy levels go up, my brain, you know, fog dissipates, I, my brain starts firing on all cylinders. So when I need to, I'll eat like that. If I really, you know, wanted to take on the world, I'd eat like that all the time. But I do enjoy, I just had an awesome berry salad yesterday. Had raspberries and blueberries and a couple different lettuces and some walnuts. And it was excellent. I loved it. I have one question. Uh, I know you said everything comes from an animal. Uh, can you use honey as a sweetener? I know you talked do. about honey before. <laughs> I, local. So remind me, do you have a, you don't have a blood sugar issue at all, right? No, sir. That, that's, that's it. Yeah. I didn't uh, think so. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, you could use a little or, honey. No, the cholesterol, I, you know, yeah, a couple, okay. couple teaspoons a day. Now, if somebody's got a blood sugar issue, you know, that, then no, we tell them you got to avoid that kind of stuff till we get you healthy. Uh, Foster, I'm, I'm going to cut you loose, and I want you to keep calling back. We're, we're on the right track here. You got the results we expected. Um, stick with this and call me back. Let's go to, hey, you know what I'm going to do? Um, Terrence, Matt, Fred. My, almost everybody in here is people that uh, always join me on the um, the space anyway. So if I don't get to you guys, we'll just carry it over into the space in a little bit today. Let me see here. Uh, let's go to Illinois. I might be able to help Mike here. Mike, what's on your mind? Thank you. Hey, Kevin. Uh, question to be real quick. I know it's a compliance issue, so we may have to just put it out and continue on space if they need to. Okay. I, I got to run out and pick up a, a new trailer. Can can you haul freight on a trailer with a temporary tag? I know you can with a truck. I, you're right. I would say no. I, I absolutely know you can't do it with the tractor. Um, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not my that. guess would be probably not on a trailer. Uh, but I don't know. We are going to have to throw that one out. Yeah, I figured we'd have to throw it out. I, I'll, I'll be on the spaces off those. Okay. Somebody yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll we'll see if we can get. I, I've never dealt with that. I do know that, and even the tractor, it, it goes back. I haven't looked at this in a while, but it was pretty clear with the tractor. You could put a temporary tag on it to move it around, but you couldn't haul freight with it. Okay. So we'll uh, 
Yeah, we'll throw that one out and we will see. Uh, let's go to Texas. Fred, welcome. Well, you should, uh, he should drive right around Texas with that temporary tag. I see hundreds of trucks with temporary tags <laughs> on the truck that, maybe. and trailer yeah, hauling tr- freight. Truck, you can't haul freight. I'm almost positive of that. No, I know I'm telling you, Kevin, I see, I see, it, I see well, it every day here in you know, Texas. I, I, honestly, my advice, <laughs> almost, almost, I figured let's get the answer first, but my advice was going to be yeah. uh, if you want to haul some freight with it, haul some freight with it and see what happens. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always registered everything yeah. I, i've never pulled anything I, with a temporary tag i just i err on the side of caution all the time yeah so i'm very disappointed to know that you're in collusion with the with the industry uh, can I you believe I that yes yeah, i can i can because <laughs> when you when you cannot when you cannot debate the facts you have to make them up that's that's where we are nowadays. That's what, and that's in every section of society. You can't you can't you at least your reality. You have to you have to change the facts. Could, couldn't they at least make up something that's a little more credible than this? Well, I'm I'm going to tell someone. I'm going to tell a quick story here. When I met you in Dallas at the GAT at the uh, GATS, right? You you actually did a a, speed, a little seminar there uh, with, for TBS. And you said, thank God I'm talking about this subject and not what they actually do because I wouldn't do the seminar. You know, I don't even remember that. I don't that. know if you remember that. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Who was I yeah, doing it for? Yeah. yeah and I, I, oh, ATBS? Uh, for TBS, the fact, yeah, the factoring company, TBS. No, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You were doing... You were doing a- something, I think, for it was a freight thing for Landstar, but TBS was sponsoring it, I think. ATBS. No, not ATBS. It was the 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 the, bro- the uh, factoring company. Okay. I think it's TBS. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. And there are occasions where one group hires me to do a seminar, and they go get a sponsor for that seminar, and I don't have anything to do with that sponsor. That that right, is probably right, yeah right. maybe yeah. so I was yeah, doing it you, for Landstar Landstar okay got yeah well yeah there you go thank God I'm not talking about what they do because <laughs> so, so, I don't agree with what they like, do but that's them yeah, I'm talking yeah, about something else so let's think about that I stood up there on the stage and said the sponsors are crook <laughs> but they paid me so I'll get up here and yeah. talk about what I want to talk about right I mean that's kind of what happened. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Yes. Yeah. So, how much more transparent I could I be? Of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, that that's just a quick analogy. The first time I met you, I was like, "This is great." You know. So, but um, I was I was thinking about I've been thinking about the bottom and the economy, and I know trucking's a leading indicator historically, but I don't know. Do you think possibly? We hit some kind of a bottom back in December, and that we're slowly maybe, you know, just kind of idling by. Well, we did. I mean, if you look at the data, that is what happened, and, and it's happening right. in some parts of the real estate market. We, we expected a big drop. It dropped right. a little, and it's, I, I just looked at the numbers again in my area because we're, we're looking at real estate right now, and um, prices in our area on real estate are up 4%. Up, not down. They're up. Yeah, 
Yeah, right. I, 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 I think we, itself, I think we hit a bottom and we, also. yeah, we, you know, there's also this thing in investing. And when you look at charts and chart patterns, there's this thing called a dead cat bounce. And it occurs right. when something drops quickly and then hits a bottom and bounces back up. And it doesn't bounce very far usually, so they call it a dead cat bounce. Um, it's, it's almost like we're seeing those. We, we start to, to really decline and then something happens and we get a little bump back up again. And it just seems like this just doesn't end. We're, we're just not seeing the patterns we expect to see. Right, right. And, and technically, if you look at the histor- historically, I guess the data, because I follow all of these uh, financial people, we actually was in a technical recession about a year and a half ago. Right. Right. That's when you we know, were so arguing I, I about just, the true definition yeah, of a recession. Yeah, the right. Yeah, the me- yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I'm just, I mean, the whole, I think it, it, it just feels bad out here. You know, I think maybe... Just everyone feels like we're not getting, a, you know, like things are just going the wrong way. But I don't know if they really are. It, 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 and there are not. a few guys I follow that are very, they're, very optimistic. Yeah. They're, very, they're, very bullish and very optimistic. Uh, one of the, was it Convoy maybe? Somebody I saw a headline today that they were optimistic that things are turning around and rates are on their way back up. I, I mean, I see that uh, in my he, own little thing Fred, here. You know, oh, I, by I, the way, what Mark, what, I, what I know Mark you said, can't. I know you can't trust FreightWaves data because the CEO and I are in collusion to, to lie about all that data. Yeah. Um, but FreightWaves data, the tender rejection is is indicating that freight rates are getting better. Right, right. Well, you know, uh, as far as I think it was Mark or, or Matt, uh, what, the car hauler at the poll. Um, yeah, I started I started hauling chemicals in 1989, and always been paid always been paid attention, and that's kind of why I bought a tank last year. Because I mean, I'm getting a hundred dollars an hour after after two hours. You know, real real quick, how, how does it make sense that all the tens of thousands of players in the industry are colluding to keep prices low? when all of those players make their money from freight rates. How does that even make sense? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, and, and I let's, mean, let's also at, think about this. Let, let's also think about this. In a, in a, when rates really tank, who, who should be making more profit? A single truck owner operator or a mega fleet? More profit per truck or more, more of a profit margin oh, well, on their revenue. Who should be yeah, able to it, operate it, it, better? Us. Us, us. exactly. Why, why are we yeah. so worried about them driving rates down? Low rates would hurt them more than it would hurt us, o- only if you run your business well. These guys who sit out there saying, well, I don't move my truck for less than $3 a mile are, are hurting right now. I have conversations, long in-depth conversations with, with the, the, the brokerage side of Schneider on the bulk, on the bulk rate. And I have one, one guy, him and I, he calls me from time to time, tell me what's going on and does anything. He said he had a lot of freight that is no longer available to them because the chemical companies they were hauling for voided out the contract. This is Schneider. So if they were if they were setting the rates, why would he even tell me that? And this is just in passing, not to, you know. I still yeah. do a I still do a run for Snyder. I go eighty miles, <laughs> Kevin. I go eighty miles loaded. 
and I get $1,700 plus $80 an hour detention. Unbelievable. Yeah, but why would you want to haul for those big mega carriers? They're just ripping you off. I don't know. I mean, they have other they have other lanes that are a little further that don't even pay as much. I, I can't figure out their system, and I don't want to. Exactly. I just pick and choose what I think I like. There you go. Hey, I'm going to cut you loose. We're going to stick to our schedule today. It's 9 o'clock. I'm going to wrap up. Um, Terrence and Matt, I will see. Those are the two calls left on the board. I will see you two in spaces. You're always there. So um, we'll talk about those issues on spaces. And I'm going to make room for Mike and Kevin Beckett and Rolling Toe. They will be right back in just a matter of minutes. Don't go away. Be safe. And then at um, 10, 15 Pacific time, we will uh, we'll launch our space. We'll see you then. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.